Yeah, it would seem counterintuitive to come up with a discursive bit to start the podcast because this is all going to be discursive bits. <laughs> so um, I guess we'll just get right into it. <laughs> we should start with your hat. Because you, oh yeah, you're yeah, super awesome hat. This Thank is, you. I was gonna take it off yeah. before the podcast started, but no one had mentioned it yet. I noticed it yeah. as soon as you came in. I was just, I was like, oh, this is. I'm gonna wait. Like the problem is now that you've worn it, that's your podcaster outfit. You're gonna have to always be like that. I'm definitely gonna wear it next time I go to the movies. So it's just, um, it's from Super Yaki. If, if this stays in, I don't know, whatever. It's free advertising for them, and um, it just says. In quotes, the movies, and then under that, it is attributed to Vin Diesel. And uh, yeah, it's probably my favorite hat. Do they have a Do they have a source on that? Uh, yeah, no. So when Fast Nine came out, it was like, let's all go back to the movies. Um, there was this sizzle reel that was put out by Universal, I guess. I don't know, but it was Vin Diesel just talking about how much we all need to go back to the movies. Gotcha. Okay. Come see me and my family at. The movies. I'm going to get like another hat that just says family Vin Diesel. Yeah. That they definitely have. <laughs> yeah. I think Super Yaki dropped like a whole Vin Diesel line of stuff. Perfect. And, uh, and they did they did do a whole Fast and Furious stuff. So some of it, I think they do have a hat that says like, I don't got friends, I got family. Is, oh my God. is his real name Vin Diesel? I don't know why I've never No, it's like before. it's like Ron David or something <laughs> like that. It's, it's not quite like that, but yeah. Aww. Mark Sinclair. Ugh. Oh, that's a bad name. Well, that's why he changed it to Vin Diesel when he was trying to become an actor. That's also a bad name. I mean, Disagree. It works, it works I mean, for him. He, he changed it, or he adopted that stage name well before he was starring in the highest grossing car franchise of all times. So. Well, I mean, yeah. it's obviously he was starring in it. They looked through the list of applications. They didn't even see him or anything about him. They were just like, Vin Diesel, he's in this. Like, we have to do we this. We need this guy. It's funny to watch him in things pre- uh, Fast and Furious before he adopted this this whole persona that he has. He's in a movie called Boiler Room. He's pretty good in, for <laughs> instance. Uh, that's a movie that when they were trying to make Giovanni Ribisi a star, don't worry about it. It's not relevant to today's conversation. All right. Um. So yeah, this, as you guys know, I don't know how to start the podcast yet. So it'll either be a bunch of unrelated cocaine fueled vignettes or it'll be something along the lines of, welcome to Late to the Movies. My name is Ben Holt and this is a podcast where Every week, my friends and I will pick a movie that one of us hadn't seen before and really should have by now. Oh, shit. This is a podcast. I'm allergic to podcasts. Yeah. So this will be the third time that I've actually done a different version of the intro. Last week, I forgot the really should have by now. This week, I put the two halves together. Mm. Yeah. It's evolving a little bit every time, but it's still just close enough that if I didn't mention anything, you wouldn't notice a difference. Mm -hmm. Well, this makes sense because now it makes sense that you always mention you don't know how to start it yet. Yeah. Uh, no. There you go. Continuity. You're not a liar. Continuity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I really don't know how to start it yet. Um, it's 31 episodes deep. You got to figure that out. <laughs> this week is Caddyshack, one of the most venerated films of all time. And we'll discuss why. Um, my guests to tackle this. Oh, I shouldn't go with that. How about uh, my guests to drive this one home? I don't know. Tried to switch to a golf metaphor. Uh, teeing up. It's there you go, Greg. Hey, yeah. I wish I had some way to help you get all the sand there, Ben. But you, uh, you're stuck. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the beach. And Robbie guesses bye bye birdie for us. <laughs> yep, <laughs> eagle. 
<laughs> Eagles, another one. Oh, wow. That's and about, we've used all our golf knowledge. We're about done. As much golf knowledge as many of the stars of this film had prior to the filming. Um, and during. So um we'll just put along. Sorry, we will put along. It's a weird, weird movie we're gonna talk about today. So let's uh do a little bit of just what we've all been watching. First, uh, anybody have something interesting? Greg hasn't been on for a few eps, so I haven't. You haven't been on since the Oscars either. Yep, and since then I've watched nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> I watched like ten movies in like four weeks. I um, um yeah, you got to decompress. I got to decompress, taking a break, spending some quality time on uh, the video games instead. Mm. I'll come back to some movies. I'm uh, kind of itching to see the Batman, to be honest. So I think that's probably my next watch. Yeah, that one's probably fairly soon on HBO Max because I think that one's only 45 days between when it came out, which was early March. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm waiting so, for. Not that I have another, HBO another Max. Another couple weeks but, it'll be on HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just watched The Bubble. I don't know if you've seen the reviews for The Bubble. They're not good. They're not good. I loved it. Honestly, it was like a movie about making a bad movie that was also kind of a bad movie. So it was just, it was layers and layers of just, uh, I loved it. <laughs> it was like, but it was like old sci-fi channel movie bad. It wasn't like I used to bad. love those. I used to love all those like TV yeah. sci-fi channel movies. I used to watch them all the time. They were like so funny and with like all their like wicked shitty effects and everything. I was curious if it's a Morbius style like under 20% Rotten Tomato on the critic side, but the audience scores in the 60s. It's not. They're both really bad. <laughs> they're both really bad. I thought the satire so was unique. great in it. I think I think the critics didn't like it because it was making fun of like all of Hollywood, and I think now, the audience Where would like you it. place it in comparison to The Godfather? I know you didn't like that one. <laughs> okay, well. Godfather, famously about seven for you, just among the best picture noms this year. I mean, I'm going to give it a five and a half. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. All right, like listen. five and a half out of ten, or five and a half on the like you'd uh, best place ten it pictures, f- fifth and a half <laughs> out of the ten. Oh, fifth and a half. No, like With five Godfather and a half. Seven. Five yeah. and a half out of a, so like one and a half movies better than Godfather. It was like a per- it was a perfect different scales. five out of ten. Yeah, no. this is no. the perfect energy to start with. So I'm happy. F- five and a half out of ten. I just okay. Let me just, this one part, you can cut this out, but they're filming a movie about like dinosaur attacks and they have like their uh, TikTok influencer. She gets thrown in the movie and she has this scene where she teaches the dinosaur to like do a TikTok dance and Karen Gillian's in it. And right after that, she pisses her pants and she's fighting with the director. She's like, you just made me piss my pants, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, no, the audience, they want realism. They want to connect with you. She goes, connect with you. They just had a raptor do a TikTok dance. And he goes, that TikTok dance is going to be our Oscars clip this year. (laughs) And I lost my shit because it was so perfect. And it was just a bunch of jokes like that that I don't think the audience could fully appreciate without being into the Oscars. And I don't think people that were into the Oscars would watch this movie. Well, it's uh, the first Judd Apatow film in a while. Of course, his daughter is one of the top build characters, so you can't you can't beat that kind of integrity. She was the TikTok. <laughs> in, she was the TikTok that. influencer. Mm, okay, but Keegan Michael Key, David Duchovny, Karen Gillian. Oh, uh, she, okay. She is billed this over, is like a serious. Well, like there was a this lot is a of real movie, though, huh? Yeah. She she is billed over an Academy Award nominee, so that's fun. Which one? <laughs> uh, Maria Bakalova. Oh, okay. Well, she's gonna be a. 
Academy Award winner. Yeah, apparently. Year, I so. just, I hope you guys watch it because I want to know that I'm not insane for enjoying it as much as I did. I put it My, like, I have, you're I have me, pretty limited bandwidth with the amount of movies I want to watch. I don't know if I'm Are you telling me spending put it, it on Batman this. or? No, not that. But it was probably twice as good as Caddyshack and I'll stand by that. And Caddyshack has like a fucking 70 for some reason. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I haven't enjoyed a Judd Apatow film for a little while now. So. What, what other ones does he got? Has he got recently or just ever? I guess recently, but ever. Um, King of Staten Island was a couple years ago. His last narrative movie before that is Trainwreck. Um, but the big ones, 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, uh, okay. I was like, where do I know him from? Uh, knocked Up. And then as a writer and producer is when he, you know, did a bunch of stuff with Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd and uh, did Funny People. This is 40, Trainwreck. He did do a pretty good documentary about the Avid brothers, which I appreciated. And uh, yeah, just as a as a producer, he's done a ton more stuff uh, that just you just associate with that era. Super bad, which we talked about in the last episode. Um, all, all those movies that those guys are in, forgetting Sarah Marshall, Love Step forgetting Brothers, Sarah Marshall. such a good movie. So was the bubble. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Better than forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, I laughed more. Wow. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so you haven't watched anything? What do you think of the Oscars? So um it was we, we already got our opinions out, okay, so floor's yours. It was bad. I mean, obviously. Complete opposite from what we said. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. So uh, I was already heated about them taking out all those categories to start with, and then fucking Dune won like every one of them, and the year Mad Max went and took every one of those categories. We still talk about it every year. Everyone's like, Mad Max and like how crazy it was. And you don't say anything about the fact that Dune won all these because it didn't seem like Dune won anything because they were just all fucking cut out and like just <laughs> randomly thrown in and all of a sudden, no, Dune's got an award. Oh, and that's over. Yeah. Uh, so that well, was we had horrible. to make time for the Flash entering the Speed Force. We talked about that. The, like, those <laughs> stupid like Twitter polls that they like just shoved in, it, it, like they didn't tell you they were transitioning to them. They just were there for like 15 seconds, gone. It like kind of, it ruined the flow. Them doing, just murdering. We don't talk about Bruno for some reason. I don't know what it did that to was, them. That was really weird. I, that's one of the stranger choices. Yeah, they were like, hey, look at they this song. They didn't do the fun parts. Yeah, they were like, this song came from this movie that fucking won an Academy Award now, and this song was so popular, it went from this musical Disney movie to like on the radio. Let's take it and just take out everything from it and i'm it sure people like will love it the billboard charts like i thought yes. that, like yeah yeah it was so, the number one song in america i mean they they did it they just did a weird version that was um i, I think we saw i don't think we mentioned the last episode but one of the tweets that came out then it's like oh, i haven't heard this song before is it usually about how this is hollywood's biggest night yes <laughs> it's like so there was that that was not good and then obviously will smith slaps chris rock and then i don't really remember anything after that, really, because that was all I could like focus on after that. Obviously, was like figuring out is he still there? What are they about to fucking do about this? Nothing. I think like four of the six or so awards that people care most about hadn't happened yet at that point either. So yes, and then I really don't remember anything about them. I literally don't remember anyone's speeches except for Will Smith's yep. because, and that's kind of what I look for a lot of times. But they cut all the speeches for eight of the categories, basically. Nobody else yes. really had and said, a and said they'd be like shown in full and then very obviously cut most of the speeches. Yes, yeah, cut everything except thanks yeah. in some of them. And then Will Smith Smith's speech was 
obviously memorable because it was crazy and about Chris Rock being the devil maybe and him needing to fight him. I, I don't know. Um, and he like I really thought it was some kind of mental breakdown. I can't wait for that blockbuster. Oh, I liked um Troy Kotzer's um speech actually. I did like Troy Kotzer's speech. That was really speech. early, so I right yeah probably it's pretty early. Actors. It would have been earlier in the night. Pretty early. Yeah. Um, I liked his, and that that was it really. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Weird flow. Yes. Um, it went on way longer despite not doing how, eight of the 23 categories live. How do you run, run 40 minutes over after cutting eight categories? Yeah, I think it was like 25 to 30 minutes longer than last year, which also ran way over. So yeah, it didn't end until about 1140 something. So yeah. so why, you, you cut all those categories and you, if you're going to cut all those categories, you better end on time. Yeah, well, you needed more time for yeah, singing. No, whatever about we how we great did, we are. The, yeah. yeah, so I don't need to get into my shit. But yeah, I'm just really hoping they realize that this was really bad. Yeah. There's like, one thing Hollywood's known for: it's being self-aware and admitting when they've made mistakes. <laughs> I know, but like, <laughs> my main fear is that they're gonna just be like, "That was the problem." Yes, we and fixed not it. and not the ignoring movies for three hours part. Yeah, like I just want. I, and, I, I just wanted to talk about the movies that yes. were nominated. And oh, and the weird dance for the in remembrance part. I really did not like that. A lot of people smiling on that stage. <laughs> a lot of people really happy about that. That was that, that was a up. lot more negative than I wanted it to be. There's a really wonderful new Richard Linklater film on Netflix called Apollo Ten and a Half. That's check outable. Jack Black's like one of the main voices in that. Um other good stuff. We just mentioned Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh we talked about last week, Everything Everywhere All at Once. It did well enough in its limited release that as of today, as we're recording, it's expanding to over a thousand theaters nationwide. So that's probably playing near you. It is playing near us. It's playing in Dartmouth. Oh, nice. I was um, going to say, you guys all went to go see that and I, I didn't jump on it because I was kind of busy. But that one, I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. I want that. Like- that was awesome. That was going to, that's going to be my, uh, my green night for this year for sure. Yeah. The the movie that I'm going to be like, oh, I can't believe it didn't get any nominations. <laughs> Um, especially for Michelle Yeoh, who I do not, I can't fathom how I'm going to see any better performance than what Michelle Yeoh does in that movie. So, wow, there's some positivity. So we don't have to be all negative before going into that. Well, you liked the bubble. That was a negative. Yeah, he, uh, he was, <laughs> you well, love the bubble. He was He's in the him, bubble. We, we were being negative at him. Yeah. yeah. Speculatively negative, which is just yeah. like, it's just, we were in hater mode. Yeah. We can we're big I, enough to admit. I'm it. pumped though because look, you got me to shit on the Oscars for a little bit, and now I feel like now that I got that out, I'm in a good mood to get ready to shit on Caddyshack. <laughs> okay, so Caddyshack, um, widely considered by our generation's parents, the funniest movie ever made. Who wants to give up one minute? <laughs> I, I I don't mind. I'll go for this. Okay, yeah. Uh, whenever you are ready. So uh, we got we start with our boy Danny, who's in his house with. 40 kids. Ostensibly the main character. Yep. I guess he's the main character. <laughs> Parents are upset. What are you going to do with your life? You got to go to college. He needs money. You know what he's doing? He's caddying. He can't caddy his whole life, though. So he's caddying. He finds out there's a scholarship, I guess. Decides he's going to, like, brown nose his way into the scholarship by caddying for... The judge. The judge, who is important at this country club. But there's other people at the country club who don't like the judge. And there's, like, wacky antics. 30 seconds. And, like... I guess all this stuff is happening in almost a coherent manner. And in the end, he decides, I guess, that he doesn't need to do this because this isn't the way he wants to get a scholarship because it's not cool or something. And then he golfs against the judge and wins because fucking Bill Murray blows up the golf course. (laughs) 
right? Yeah. Yeah. You pretty much nailed it. Uh, you, you came in just under, under par at about like 52, (laughs) three seconds. Uh, yeah. So, what the fuck? So I, I tried. So you guys hadn't seen, we got, we established first. You guys hadn't seen this before. No, never. I haven't seen this in a while. And it's one of those movies that like growing up, my dad's like, yeah, it's Caddyshack. And we, we didn't really care about golf growing up. It wasn't like his favorite movie, but there's a lot of people around his age who would like, this is their thing. So they talk about this. Like we're going to talk about super bad when we're old and annoying, like our teenage kids. Obviously I knew some about it. Like I, I thought, what I assumed I knew was either the like a plot of this movie or B plot of this movie, which was Bill Murray's chasing a gopher around a golf course. That's what I, I didn't realize too. that this was the like maybe M plot of this movie. Like yeah. there's there's a, just a lot of subplots that really are just all over the place. I like there's kind of a romance subplot, but like it there's a couple two of, of them, them. Yeah. <laughs> well, three of them maybe. The- Five of them, maybe like two with one character and three with the other one, and yeah. someone who's just having sex at whoever's nearby. That's yes, she's yeah. she's like so throwing my really numbers off. Plot. She's just around having but sex. But they make it seem there. like it's gonna be at first with with Ty and her, and then they're like, oh wait, no, Danny and her, and then it's like, no, but it's Danny and and Maggie, and the like. A pregnancy scare gets thrown in there. <laughs> so, so there, I have a lot of questions that I want to pepper you guys with, but let's start with the overall thing with this movie, which is that this is uh, the second movie we've done directed by Harold Ramis. The first was uh, Groundhog Day. We're going back in time. This is 1980 that this movie comes out. Harold Ramis, Brian Doyle Murray, and Doug Kenny get together and write this movie about, uh, I think at least two of the three had the shared experience of being caddies when they were kids and it was a designed as a coming of age movie about caddies and their like childhood maturation. They also hire to do cameos, Chevy chase, Rodney Dangerfield and Bill Murray. And in a designed to be smaller role, though bigger than a cameo, Ted Knight, who plays the judge, um, throughout the cocaine fueled filming of this movie, the first three guys just improv like crazy and are just doing shtick. Rodney Dangerfield did not have a single prepared line. He just no. went out and he decided to be Rodney Dangerfield. Right, yeah, which wasn't even like, this is what makes Rodney Dangerfield Rodney Dangerfield. This is his first movie. He didn't know how to do movies. He didn't know what it meant when this they said his action. first movie? Yes. He didn't know what it meant when Harold Ramis said action. So eventually they had to say, Rodney, do your bit anytime it was his turn to do a thing in a scene. Oh my god! Um, I just assumed he was so established that they couldn't like no, reel him in. He was established as a stand-up, but okay. not not in movies. Um, so, point being, it's supposed to be this coming-of-age story, and then to play like the adults, they hire these more famous people, or whatever, to get funding to put him on the poster. What's the guy's name? See, this is the problem. We don't even know. Michael O'Keefe, who plays Nanny Noonan, is supposed to be the star of this movie. And then other caddies, like his rival caddy is supposed to be like the second lead, but he gets cut completely out of the movie. He's got like no scenes. Uh, Maggie is supposed to be a big part of the movie. She gets almost completely cut. She's an exchange student from Ireland, which is never explained in the movie. I I assume she was the Scottish guy's daughter. Nope. She's an exchange student from Ireland. Um, Late in the movie, they realize that it's not really like late in the process of making this movie. 
They realize it's not really hanging together. What can we do? Okay, um, let's add in Bill Murray's going to fight a groundhog the whole time. That's not part of the original movie. <laughs> that's just a thing that they were like, we're just going to introduce this. And that's why it's not connected to anything else until the very end. Um, it's just Bill Murray off doing B- Bill Murray stuff. Not even like what you imagine is Bill Murray stuff it's because he's doing like, like a mentally challenged yeah, thing. Yeah, it's not like a classic, cool. like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's not like this is how I, like a typical thing, I feel like. Yeah, no, it's not a typical thing. So, um, all those people are way more than cameos. <laughs> well, okay. So they just keep going and going and going. Eventually, not the raw footage, but the original turned in cut of this movie is four and a half hours long. Oh my God. The scene that Bill Murray gets introduced in where he's like washing the balls and like, Make, it looks like he's jacking off. Yeah. That scene is a half hour long. <laughs> not They didn't film a half hour. The edited version in the original movie was a half hour long of him just like muttering under his breath about like wanting to have sex with old ladies or whatever. Yep. Um, and by the way, I wasn't there. So as always, when we're talking about historical facts, that could be a complete lie. Who knows? It's just what the internet says. I wasn't there. I'm not a firsthand witness. Does anybody have their no, hands on this cut, this four and a half hour cut? <laughs> uh, no. So I think they fired that editor, brought in a different editor, got it way down. And it's like an hour and a half. Yes. It's about an hour, 37 minutes with intro and credits. And um, obviously they shrink other pieces. So, Throughout the movie, you can feel like, oh, this part has a plot. And then like how it ends with all the people like celebrating around Danny Noonan. You're like, well, he wasn't like the main character. Why is he getting like the hero send off at the end of the movie? It's like, well, because that's the movie they made. And then just in the edit, it became a Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Rodney Dangerfield movie. Yeah. And uh, the guy who played Danny Noonan, not on the poster. (laughs) Yeah. Like even his like hero send off. like, I understood, like, this guy has to be the main character because he's the only one with a plot. Yes. Even though it's not, like, much. I was like, yeah. he's the only one who has it. And he actually does, like, some coming-of-age stuff. Like, his girlfriend has a pregnancy scare. Yeah, and, and, like, and the movie starts with him, you know what I yeah, mean? And, like, establishes he's the only one who's trying to accomplish something, you know, get yeah. this a scholarship. But even that, like, heroic ending, too, it's him throwing away the scholarship with no backup plan. It's not like he's, like, oh, I'm, like... He's going to be true to himself. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna be true to himself, but like, does not explain like. Yeah, but he's like a poor, like twenty-two year old or whatever. Yeah, I guess Rodney Dangerfield was gonna take care of him. Yeah, because Rodney, he made yeah. the shot. I, I don't like, know what that means. If you make this, I'll take care of you. But he he never specified. I thought it just meant he's just gonna give him a cut of the winnings. I don't think. That's Maybe he's gonna be about. like, you're now a partner in my tomfoolery and construction company. So I assumed he was gonna give him a cut of the winnings too. But like, the only thing that I did notice this movie. I felt like it did a good job of was showing how much rich people shit on regular people. And like every time they're all like, like yeah. the judge gives Danny like a quarter as his tip. And he's like, what the fuck? So when Al's like, I'll take, you know, I'll take care of you. I'm like, yeah, he's going to give him a cut of the winnings, but I assume he's going to give him like a hundred bucks for winning them 80 grand kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Here's a <Yeah>. hundred. <laughs> so that that's also probably a dynamic they were trying to address in the movie, you know, snobs versus, uh, Slobs, right? Snobs versus Slobs. Animal House. It's the same team that made Animal House a couple years earlier. Oh, yeah. Um, Also cocaine-fueled, but that's about people partying in college. This is not, so the vibe is a little bit strange. (laughs) Yes. There was some plot with like uh, Ty getting $70,000 checks and just not cashing them that was never addressed or brought up again. I was like, what the fuck is going on there? just sort of vaguely rich. 
Yeah, he's he owns rich. two lumber yards. That doesn't give you multiple seventy thousand well, dollars. Well, that's just, that's just one of his streams of income. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think is the implication. Gotcha. I'm gonna be honest. I felt like I laughed at almost nothing in this whole movie. Really? <laughs> no. Yeah, almost nothing. Oh man, you guys hated this movie. That's fun. Um, yeah. So it was not a good movie. So <laughs> my my whole bit that I just concluded was long, but I think it's necessary to contextualize why this movie turned out the way it is before we get into questions like. So what do you think was going on with that lady who just kept having sex with everyone? <laughs> what oh, kind of character is that? It's a weird character. <laughs> they just said, like, how can we blow daddy issues way out of proportion? And they just put it all on this person. Dad's not in this movie. <laughs> uh, a little bit, because, like, her They're father like, sent her to, like, the aunts and uncles. sucks. That's, I, I don't <laughs> <Okay>. know. <laughs> I don't know. That's just the, the also, take I got Was she from supposed it. to be a teenager, or was she, like, 30? I have no idea. I think she's supposed to be mid-20s, maybe? Okay. I assume she was like, I guess I didn't even think about it. I assume she was like Danny's age, which I guess would be like okay, maybe 20-ish. I guess they don't specify how old Danny is, but he's trying to go to college. How old is Ty then? They like also 40s? don't specify. He, older? Uh, yeah, 30s, 40s, whatever. I assumed he's older. It, I think it made it seem like his dad is no longer in the picture, and his yeah. dad did golf with the judge. Okay. Um, so okay. maybe he's supposed to be like 40 or something like that. That's what I could see. Um, cause he says something like at one point, like my dad always hated you or something like that. So yep. it sounded like he, his dad's no longer around, but yeah, again, some semblance of plot just kind of poking through. Yeah, the there, that is. So I felt like, honestly, I didn't, I would not say I hated this movie, but probably because it's only an hour and a half. So if you, if a movie is short, I'm, I'm a way more lean. It is, it. uh, at an hour and 37 minutes, it is exactly one half of Titanic. <laughs> so I'd but, say it's about half as good as Titanic. I felt like the pacing was all off on this movie. And then just like the editing, like it just, uh, it was a mess. Like they, they, I think they did a really heroic job to get it to an hour and 37 minutes. <laughs> like it's like, especially to like, there's a lot of scenes that happen at night and it's just like the next day all of a sudden, but like, there's not any like transition anywhere. It's just like here's your next scene. Go 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 go. But nothing like there's no like transitions that make any sense to get you to the next place. <laughs> so you did ask if we laughed at all. I do have one of my notes. I did laugh at like one specific joke, and it was when uh, Al asked the judge's wife if she wanted to make fourteen dollars the hard way. <laughs> that was genuinely <laughs> yeah. That was good. Um, I also liked when um. When Bill Murray's character is golfing the flowers for some reason, and he's like talking, like announcing for himself and stuff, and he's just like whacking the flowers. Probably, maybe the most famous line in the movie comes from that scene. The and it's in the hole. It's in the hole. Um, that is on AFI's 100 Years 100 Movie Quotes list. Oh, really? Apparently, that was just uh, they're like, "Hey, what do you want to do?" And he's like, "Oh, just get me four rows of chrysanthemums. I've got a great idea." And that was it. Another scene that I believe went on very long. I noticed yes. um, they the, also the quote, um, so I got that going for me, which is nice, is from this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I've seen a bunch of memes like about that, and I never had any idea where that came from. So this movie, let's see here. The main plot is Danny, right? Well, well it's supposed to it's be. It's supposed to be Danny. And it's supposed Danny to be Danny and the other caddies and having like a... And there's a only of age summer movie here. One other caddy that really gets any screen time, and it's his rival caddy, which I can't even remember his name because he has like one. Uh, Denuzio. Denuzio. A scene and a half, maybe. So there's Denunzio? that. Denunzio? Denunzio, yep. maybe. 
And then obviously Maggie is involved with Danny. But then there's the plot with Ty, which is he's having sex with that the daughter of the of the niece of the judge and has some kind of grudge against the judge that's vague and never explained. Worth noting that that kind the the big golf match play situation that they bet all the money on, I think is it starts happening maybe twenty minutes before the credits. For like the only the only like real run of like this is sports movie action is maybe ten minutes. Well, Ty was there was a subtle plot. Ty was very good at golf. He got like a sixty-seven, yeah. which is like a really good score. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. No, there was a lot. There was a lot going on with Ty that was never like explored because there was. A, it almost looked like, like they a were gonna de- figure in yeah. the club. Like they were People gonna just develop him too, because like then he wouldn't like he wouldn't compete or go for the club record, and like he didn't keep score, and like there was all these things they never explained why, and like they kept making it seem like they were gonna, and then they were just like, no, 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 Ty's not really important. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, uh, in the last game, he's just bad for some reason because he smoked that grass joint. I guess the night before, I don't, maybe I don't that's know why. Or he's ner- <laughs> he never plays for money, and now he is, so he's nervous about. Maybe it. they were gonna like explain it, and they just didn't. And like I, I thought something was going on with his relationship with him and Danny. Like they were gonna, but no, nothing really comes of that. And then. Right, he isn't like, you know what? Why don't I like show you around my my lum- maybe you're going to run my lumber yard. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, like I don't know, like and then like obviously um Al Rodney Dangerfield's character like he Yeah, he, they just have scenes where they're just like, "All right, Rodney, you got we're going to say this scene's 2 minutes long. You got to enter from that door, exit in that door and just do whatever." You can that's tell. pretty much what he does. Yeah. Oh, and for some reason... Snore some the, cocaine first. He had the world's weirdest golf bag that just did all of this random shit <laughs> Never for, exp- for no reason. I'm sure reason. there's a reason, but like, yeah. I think the, the first there was so time many. that he's golfing and he's like out in the course and he does like, you're just doing the stuff where it's like shooting clubs out of it and he's got like a beer tap in it. Yep. But then the part where he just like, pulls open the side of it and there's a stereo in it and then he just starts playing it and everyone just starts dancing. <laughs> everyone. And, and then when they transition to Judge Smales or whatever playing, yeah. they're all still dancing in the background. Like you <laughs> can see them that. all and I'm like, what the fuck? That's, that's why it's distracting. The, that was yeah. actually the first scene or maybe the second scene where it did. I think the first time it just shot out the club and then the second time it did anything, it was the radio because the caddy was like, what do you got in here, bricks? And he's like, no. And then they just all start jamming. <laughs> yeah, like they didn't even have, no one even like question no there wasn't any lead up to there's a lot of stuff that just kind of starts happening and like the other thing too like there's that whole scene with al and judge uh smales with the the boats and danny i think is not present for any of this like he's he's, they make a big deal of like oh danny's gonna go to the yacht club and you're like oh our hero's going to the yacht club he's not gonna fit in it's gonna be maybe it'll be like that scene in titanic where leo is having dinner in the first class lounge or something Mm mm-hmm and uh, Danny gets to the yacht club and immediately is um, leaves to cheat on Maggie, I yeah, guess, which is never addressed. <laughs> uh, were they girlfriend and boyfriend, or was he just sleeping with her too? It seemed like it was a committed, <laughs> more than casual, less than official thing. Okay. Yes, that, yeah, yeah. Well, the the next know. scene where her, she says something like, "This baby might not be yours," and he's like, "That's not true, though." Oh, but then you're like, "Well, wait. So are you? Is it cool that you just had sex with this other girl?" Like, uh. It's this. It's. It, I mean, it comes out in 1980, but it's the 70s. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. It's the 70s. It's a National Lampoon movie, essentially. Mm. The one thing that also interested me, I felt like that Ty was not nearly as Chevy Chase as he could have been. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so let's let's do let's do this bit. Um, this is the second Chevy Chase movie. You were on the first one. Yep. Obviously. This is our second Bill Murray movie. The first one was Groundhog Day. Our second directed Harold Ramis movie, which means he's only the second director that we've done more than one movie by. The other one uh you were on. Remember? Ridley Scott. Oh. Um, we haven't done it really in a while. So we call ourselves Ridley Scott's Tots too. We gotta Yeah, <laughs> yeah we gotta do Gladiator soon, probably. Um there is one person for whom this is the third movie we've done with them. Do you know who? It's one of the few people who's been in three movies that we've done. Maybe the only. No idea. Second Bill Murray, but it's not Bill Murray. It's Bill Murray's brother, Brian. Oh. It's the third Brian Doyle Murray movie we did. This isn't that long before Christmas Vacation, but he looks like he's aged 30 years in between them. He's the, he's the boss in Christmas Vacation. Oh, oh! Uh, is he the boss which, in the the Caddyshack area too? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He looks way uh, younger in this movie, yeah. and that's not that far after. And then he's like the head of the um, Gobbler's Knob Committee or whatever in Groundhog Day. Gotcha. Yep. So there's the there's the three. <laughs> um, Brian Doyle Moore. Yeah. So that being said, you don't think this is as Chevy Chase as he could be? That's true. Yeah, he's not like he's still over the top ridiculous. Like he he like, still thinks he's very hot at this point, so he, he's trying to be cooler. Gotcha. Yeah, he he's much more like <laughs> not like just slapsticky like nonsense. Yeah, he, you know he's I mean? more in his I'm Chevy Chase and you're not phase. So yes. that's that's how he would sign off on Weekend Update. Oh my god, that's. <laughs> But like he was like a uh, thank you very little a real Chase character thing, yeah. in a movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he, I mean especially up next to Rodney Dangerfield, I feel that, like that could help like, too. Like he's the 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 kind of um, latitude that Chevy Chase's character gets is also they establish like uh, this guy's weird. We don't really get him, and then he just does a weird thing. And you're like, that's in character. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, oh, you're drinking the tequila wrong. You got to like, do it like this. When he's like barefoot and he's like spinning around and making the six million dollar man sound effects. And yeah, like that that was weird. the balls between his legs and stuff. You're like, well, he's a free spirit. We know this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't mean to be so like disconnected and not really finding a through line, but I feel like it fits the movie that we're just kind of jumping from thing to thing. I, I think that's the, how the movie went. <laughs> yeah, it fits the fucking movie, that's for yeah. sure. I didn't mean to step all over your Chevy Chase point. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. It was just like, that was nice because if he was acting the way he did in Christmas Vacation, it would just be too much at this point because you've already got fucking Al just saying <laughs> total nonsense constantly. You know what I mean? And like... Yeah, just like... Oh. He, he even does his no respect thing at one point, which yeah. is just like a Dangerfield thing. This was my first actual time seeing Rodney Dangerfield actually do anything. I just only know of him from like references. Yeah. Mm. From, so from references and from maybe knowing what he looks like, were you surprised at how much physicality there was to what he's doing? For like yes. a better I've, I've seen that joked about enough where it was just like, it felt like I've already, I don't know, like. I was like, oh, okay, all of this makes sense now. I think when I saw other people joke about him, I was like, why is there so much physicality? And then it was just There's like a oh, lot of physicality. Okay. But yeah, there I mean, was- he, he dances the same way that Rowan Atkinson does as Mr. Bean. So. <laughs> <laughs> there just really was not, like you said, a through line to this. It was just like, 
Stuff the, happens and it may or may not relate to what comes next. <laughs> it, yes. That whole event that is being hosted at that time, which I don't really remember, I don't think Danny's involved in that. Oh, wait, no, oh, he's, he's the a waiter. Yeah. He's the bus boy for that one. Right, because Maggie yeah. asked him to go. I think yes. I have enough butter. That was, yeah, yeah, and that's one of the times <laughs> that, that, that like, kind of like Maggie's mad that he's like obviously like skeeving on this other girl. Yes. So again, it, does it, it brings into the question, what are he and Maggie to each other? I really, and the movie responds with a resounding, do not ask me. Yeah, so poorly, <laughs> I do not know. too. Like, the, when she shows up to the pool, he literally just stands there and stares at her for like a solid five minutes. Yeah, it's it's just time. like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is probably a good time to bring up two things. First off, and this is what Greg was talking about before we started. Uh, did you guys pick up on the first name that appears, that of the executive producer? It's a This Person production. John Peters, who you would know as, um, that's who Bradley Cooper's playing in Licorice Pizza. Oh, interesting. It's a John Peters production. Um, so the the woman we keep talking about, who we should mention, Lacey, Lacey Underall, very funny, um, played by Cindy Morgan. Did not want to do nude scenes. John Peters told her she'd never work in this town again if she didn't take her top off. Oh, jeez. Um, and then in the scene where Chevy Chase is like massaging her, he improved a bunch of stuff that she didn't know about beforehand while she's topless. So she wasn't very happy nice. with how this picture went. Um, I was like kind of surprised it was a topless scene. Cause I was like, why does this movie have a topless scene? Yeah, she, I, has, she has multiple topless scenes. Yeah, I was like, that doesn't seem necessary in this movie. It, no. did, it did explain why like everybody our parents' age loved it though. <laughs> this kind of just the time, right? Because like in Animal House, not even just the time, it's again, it's a lot of the same people made Animal House. There's like all of a sudden some like sex stuff going on. You're like, whoa, <laughs> where did this come right. from? Out of yeah. nowhere. It's like a comedy movie and yeah. all of a sudden boobs and not a funny way. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I mean, Christmas vacation, all of a sudden there's that scene where he's like imagining the girl uh, at the pool. Yes. Right. Like there's all of a sudden there's just sudden nudity that comes out of nowhere. Yes. At least at in least, this, it's like a sex scene that's happening. Yeah. At least that one though, it was like kind of comedic in a sense. You know what I mean? Cause he's imagining this girl at a pool, but then, you know, his cousin's like, causing problems even in his fucking daydreams and you know at least you get a laugh about it and stuff but in this one it's like okay this is like a comedy like why is there a sex scene and on top of it one of the sex scenes is with Ty who is like not really (laughs) relevant to the story like that whole scene Danny is not involved in and none of that matters in like that could literally be taken out of the movie no does not change the movie at all doesn't change the movie at all um for what it's worth, apparently Harold Ramis was amenable to like, okay, we don't have to do a topless scene then. But John Peters was like, no, we're doing it. We're doing it. it so the the Thai sex scene served to make it funny when Danny was like, even though you did this, we, we, you don't have to consider us serious or something like that. And I, I guess it set that joke up. I don't know. I guess there was a million other easy, like easier ways to set that up though. Mm-hmm. That probably could have landed anyway. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Man, so in the last movie, I talked a lot about how with the way the Oscars went, I've been thinking a lot about the sort of craft side of movie making. I'm trying to, I really am trying to think of a less pretentious way to say this, but I can't. But especially the way movies are edited um, and how they sound and score and all that. And uh, we talked a lot about how Moneyball is just tight as a freaking drum and every piece of it matters. There's not like a wasted second in that movie. Um, this is the opposite movie. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a prime example of why 
we can take something like film editing and just do it in like a pre-show and not show anyone because it doesn't matter. This movie wasn't edited and it's a, just a masterpiece. Like you, yeah. you don't need scene transitions. You can just go. ESPN like, said it's maybe the best sports movie ever ever made. Well, it said I think it said ESPN said maybe the funniest sports movie ever made, and that's a company owned by Disney. Oh. Disney loves this movie. Yeah, like you don't need Weird. scene transitions. You don't need to explain to me what's happening. You can just cut from here to here and jump around. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't have to even be linear, I don't think. I don't even know what order things happen in. I don't know how many days passed in this movie. Days did pass, though, because they intentionally were showing, like, night scenes. I I don't know how many. There was a period of time, I can tell you that. Yeah. Oh, man. So we haven't talked that much about Bill Murray yet. Because he, everything with him could be, if it wasn't for the fact that his explosion, like, shakes the ball in in the end, Everything with him could just have been cut out. Which they could have done that. And instead at the end, they should have had the kid blindfold himself and shoot in the ball. That should have been the ending scene. No, I just. Well, that could have been if they developed some kind of relationship with him and Ty, like as a a mentor-ish. And yeah, and he tells him to be the ball and then he's going to, or he's about to, but then he's like, oh no, he doesn't like want to talk to him. And he like stops and you're like, oh, they have a connection now. But they don't. They don't oh, do that. No. So the blindfold. I We're don't plussing know. it up. Yeah. This I hailed for decades as a classic film, and we we're just like, here's what he, I'd change. He shouldn't side with Ty. It's not a good film. I don't care what they've said for decades. They're uh, idiots. At the time, critics agreed with you for what it's worth. They shouldn't have him side with Ty though, because I feel like the only thing that they do kind of show is like that class divide. So you don't want him to like. Well, Ty is an outsider in that class. So I, I think uh, I, a bit. I guess you're right. I think what you're supposed to see is I think his dad was supposed to. No be such thing as is like uh, altruistic rich people. You can't trust them. Uh, fair. Eat, eat the, the one rich. thing I do like <laughs> in the movie is that I didn't uh, mean to cut you off. No, I just no, thought no. It'd the be rival funny. caddy is like <laughs> rooting for Danny in the end. He's like, "You can do this. You can do this." And right. Like, That's Which if they had had a relationship, solidarity right there. Fuck if those they had had people. a relationship develop over the course of the movie, it would be meaningful. Was intended. Yeah. When he's rooting for him at the end you'd be like yeah at the end of the day they're just trying to get through this thing together yes <laughs> yeah I, re- I really don't think ty was supposed to be a part of like the upper class though because he was the one encouraging like just go find your own way i just don't think they had a good way of having him in the country club do you know like i don't know yeah i don't know um maybe if they had <laughs> put anything about that yeah because he didn't really seem to want to be a part of it either he was just kind of there i don't know there's probably a whole backstory with his dad that would have explained a lot of this shit maybe yeah quite possibly because then like he also wasn't cashing the checks i don't know yeah so yeah i want to talk about bill murray a little bit so you guys coming in thought that this was like a bill murray movie yeah definitely i don't know if i I, for some reason i thought that Golfer thing was like a B plot. So I wasn't sure how big of a role Bill Murray had. Well, because like I think all the imagery of this movie is Bill Murray and the groundhog and the groundhog dancing to Kenny Loggins. Yes. I did notice the soundtrack was an original soundtrack made specifically for this movie by Kenny Loggins. Which yes, it was. was interesting. Yes, it was. But yeah, no, the groundhog stuff was a little weird. I didn't really find it funny either, but... Uh... Uh, depending on which entry in the IMDb trivia page movie for th- this you believe, because there's two contradictory ones, uh, it may have been made by a Disney Imagineer in their off time because they didn't do it as part of their real job. <laughs> nice. But there's also that the Gopher Underground segments, segments especially, 
those are all filmed on sound stages with like professional lighting and stuff. And that's why they, and on better film stocks. So that's why those parts of the movie look so much better than the rest of the movie. <laughs> um, cause the rest of the movie looks pretty crappy, but yeah. So what, what did you think about Bill Murray in this movie? Uh, it's probably a good time to also mention that a lot of the bigger named people improvise almost all of their entire parts. I honestly like most of the stuff he did. I did not think was funny to be totally honest. Um, like, I don't know. Was he like trying to pretend to be like mentally handicapped? Was that what he was, he was going for or like, I, th- I think that's what he's going for. Yeah. I, I really couldn't like, I want to say every scene with him in it just made me feel unsettled and uncomfortable. <laughs> it just, it wasn't really funny. It was just like, this is off. I, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't enjoy it. The, the one thing I did, the only, so I think it was tough because his scenes were so irrelevant. Like they really made no sense and they set the stage really bad because it's him like pretending to jack off and saying those really like things that like you probably wouldn't joke about anymore in movies. A scene that is reprised later in the film. Yes, (laughs) that they do twice. And like, not that it wouldn't happen anymore, but it's way less likely. I feel like that's not a scene that you would see where he's like pretending to jack off while people are Yeah. Well, one, they, they don't make comedies anymore, but if they did, there wouldn't be a guy just sort of standing, um, be, like being, being creepy. <laughs> yeah, being like a perv. Like, yeah. Yeah, so it would be less pervy, bro. Yeah, so that, like, was not a great start. Like I said, I did like when he was, like, hitting the flowers with the golf club. That was kind of funny. Um, Cinderella story. What is it? It's a miracle. Oh, yeah, him, it's him like, commentating. Yeah. I liked a lot. The scene where um, Ty comes into his, like, home and it's like disgusting and he's trying to like get Ty to like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, you can you can stay. And Ty's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to touch anything because it's all really gross. <laughs> and he's like, I'll just play through. And he's like playing through his house. I kind of liked, but more because I'm like, this is a rich person would do this. Like they would come through and be like, oh, I, I, don't mind me. I'm just going to, I'm going to play through rather than picking the ball up and moving it. I'll play right through your, your slobbly home, which I will insult while I do this. <laughs> so that scene, um, came about because Harold Ramis late in the process realized that I guess realized it was becoming more of a Chevy Chase Bill Murray Rodney Dangerfield movie than a coming of age story about caddies realized that there was not a scene between Chevy Chase and Bill Murray who two of the biggest comedy stars of the 70s and into the early 80s um one of them remained one of the biggest comedy stars for a while after that <laughs> And uh, very famously did not get along. Bill Murray, I think as we mentioned on this podcast before, referred to Chevy Chase hilariously as a medium talent, um, which is a very funny thing to say to the kind of person you imagine Chevy Chase to be. Yes. <laughs> um, when Chevy Chase goes back to SNL to host in the mid-70s, they get into a kind of kerfuffle backstage. They don't like each other, so they don't have any scenes together, not even intentionally. So... Harold Ramis brings the two of them together. They have lunch one day and they just write this scene together. And uh, I guess it work, It goes fine. They're perfectly cordial to each other. <laughs> so I guess there was some intrigue about whether or not that would be a acrobatious experience. And I, I guess think- it just wasn't. And that that is, you can tell, it's just like, like a lot of scenes in this movie, and this is probably a good place to sort of break into that. It's, they're just written as sketches, right? There's yeah. people who are coming from SNL they're just writing sketches. Yeah. Once again, this scene could be just pulled yeah. out of this movie. And you can, you can imagine the, you can imagine them holding for laughs in between their lines. Yes. You know, 
for sure. Um, and it's just, you, you can identify the game of this scene immediately. It's a guy who's just, uh, oh, trying to politely get out of hanging out with someone he doesn't want to spend any time with. That's yes. the game of the scene. Yeah. And, um, I but mean, also it's, being it's too, incredibly too, rude. Like, pretty funny people. So, like, I, I like that scene a lot, actually. I think there's, it's really there's funny. There's a pool with, and there's a pond. She says fucking nothing to do with anything. Yes. That was one of the scenes I did laugh at. Him, like, yeah. oh, you know, you, the, the pond would be a good fit for you, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think you're more of a pond. You're more pond people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and then it has, like, the kind of sketch-style escalation where he's like, well, yeah, and you can smoke the grass, too. And he's like, oh, and here's, here's and he hands him, like, a fucking huge thing to smoke. Yeah. And then he's, and then he gets him like cannonball and he's yelling cannonball at Adam. And then he's like, okay, and then let's smoke it again. And he's like, okay, fine. And Jerry Chase like reluctantly, he's like, no, I can't, I couldn't pot. And then he keeps smoking. Can either of you tell me the scene before that one or the scene after it. Right. So I think one of the scenes on either side of it begins with Maggie is in her nightgown on the golf course skipping and spinning around and then the camera moves and Danny's just there and he's she's like, and he's like Maggie <laughs> and then they have a scene together. I think that's on one of the sides of that scene. Okay, but Does not sure which. Right? Yep. I think it might be. And she goes I'm not pregnant. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't try to squeeze a wedding into this movie too. <laughs> um they shouldn't get married. She's an exchange student. She has to go back to Ireland. <laughs> not if they get married. That might be the only scene where Bill Murray really interacts with anyone who's like a main character. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that's it, right? He interacts with the priest, but that guy's... He, yeah, he has that character. one scene with the priest where the priest gets... Because let's say yeah. it's it's Al, and the, the judge, <laughs> um, Ty, and Danny, who are our main characters. Does he interact yep. with... He might interact with the judge somewhere. The judge might yes, yell at him once. because he's cleaning the pool while yes. the judge and his wife are there. <laughs> he eats the Mars bar. Yeah, yeah, but that's like also it. a very famous scene. The uh, the chocolate bar in the pool. I didn't think that one was funny. I'm gonna be honest. No, <laughs> it's, it I goes like it, it does like the, the Jaws. I music did like that they played the Jaws music. Yeah. That it, was the one thing. It I was, was like, a, oh, a, little, a legally distinct version of the Jaws music. Yeah. It was a little funny that he ate it and didn't tell anyone. Like they never like. <laughs> yeah, just, I thought it was weird that they, he, he just, doesn't say anything about it. I was like, okay, that was interesting, but. I like that I, the, his wife. Oh, did that another um, one of the rich people dunking on the poor people things I liked was that they, the caddies were allowed to use the pool. <laughs> it was for fifteen minutes. It said one from one to one fifteen, and I was like, "This is something rich people would do." <laughs> but yeah, like so yeah, there's they, some absurdistness that's that is funny. They did make that point, but then all the caddies just immediately went in there and just, just were ruined like ruined, you like, get it absolutely yeah, everything. Like, You're just okay, like, oh okay. man, they pushed the lifeguards thing into the pool. Like <laughs> some of them were topless too for some yeah. reason. Yep. You're just cutting around and there's just boobs all of a sudden. Yeah. 70s, man. I know it again. This they is 1980, but whatever. Don't get super into it. Maybe, I don't know. But um, the judge's son? Grandson? Nephew. Nephew. Spalding? Spalding. Yeah. Um, He really sucks, obviously, but they never go into anything more than like he's he's around and we we hate him. <laughs> just, yep. He doesn't have like a conclusion to anything. You know what I mean? He doesn't really get an arc. He's just oh. there. He's just for comedy, I guess. Yeah. I it, think the judge says he hates them at one point, too. He so. does, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone hates Spalding. Spalding sucks. Um, one thing I was thinking about, considering how much is obviously cut out of the Danny Noonan plot, so much. where, like, randomly when he is asked, like, oh, what college are you going to with your scholarship? He actually has an answer. 
And it's not established if that... He doesn't say it like someone like making up the name of a college off the top of their head. Yeah. He says it like, oh, in a different scene, it established that he got into this school but couldn't afford to go. Yeah. Definitely that it was a scene that got cut out of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Because I was like... I Because little... they're just like, no one cares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like so much of his plot is just gone. And it is like when you mentioned that like it was supposed to be like a kind of coming of age kind of like... You can see that. You, I can see it there. You now. can see it. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny when he told the judge that he didn't have enough money to go to college, and the judge goes, "Well, world needs ditch diggers." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then the niece is like, "Good try." <laughs> yeah, because yeah. a, a lot of the scenes with him and when he's with the other caddies, and even with Brian Doyle Murray, it is not anywhere near the energy of the other scenes in the movie. No, it's a lot more. Not that it's like laid back. It's still a comedy, but it's like a. It, it's a real movie. <laughs> There's actual dialogue that's it's not, happening that it's, matters. It's not like a slapstick comedy like some of the guys are in. There yeah. was like the unaddressed, like they get into a fight because of the prices of Coke for some reason that the kid did not control, but whatever. And then that's just like done. Well, he was being shitty about it. And I think it's, again, it probably would be established that these guys don't like each other. And so he's just messing with them or whatever. I thought they were establishing like the rivalry kind of thing. Yeah. And like That's what it felt like. And then yeah, what? The only other scene again, was not, like... It's not really followed up. He rubs sunblock on the girl, and then he tries to see him sleeping with the other girl, but then they're friends at the end. Those yeah. are th- those are all yeah. their scenes together. In that scene where he's like jumping next to the window, I was like, does he live like on the golf course? Because <laughs> it seemed like he had to ride his bike a pretty long way to get to the golf course in the first scene of the movie. Yeah, I was through, not like, sure who's with like construction zones and stuff. And then at that scene, the other caddies are just like walking by his window. I, well, so. I wasn't sure. They didn't really establish whose home that was. I thought that was her home. But again, I thought oh, she God. was the daughter of the Scottish person. In my mind, she just also lives in his house. <laughs> well, so there's like 25 house. other people there. So like, They do not establish. I, 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 for a little while, I was like, you're right. I think it's a different house. You're right. Uh, but it's a house on the golf. Whose house is it? I just, I really thought she was a Scottish guy's daughter. Also, that would have made so ex- much sense. An exchange student come to America just to work at a country club. As like a... Because I, I know it's often just a scam to make exchange students work, but that's like at Disney or in the national parks. It's not so much just like a privately owned country club that has that kind of resources. Mm. Well, she could have just been one of the like well, people that go to the country clubs exchange student. Maybe they're like, you know, like that's they, why they didn't even tell her she wasn't. Exchange she wasn't student. like they she like, wasn't in school. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> they, she, she had multiple jobs on the golf course. <laughs> that's why they don't tell you she's an exchange student. Now they don't have to explain why. she's. Although it's possible this whole movie takes place over the course of one weekend. So maybe they didn't have to go to school. And the main characters are looking for scholarships, but might be in their mid twenties. <laughs> Unclear. Who knows? Yeah, and apparently, like, kind of brown nosing the rich people to get the scholarship is like really looked down on from by all the other caddies well, they harass. Snobs versus slobs. It is, but you're like just taking money. You like, <laughs> I don't right, know. Yeah, like I don't know. It's money. You'll yeah. take tips from them, but you won't take a scholarship. Well, the, I yeah. think it's more just not, not. I think it's more just brown nosing that particular rich person because everyone hates that guy. Yeah, oh, one one guy. thing I wanted to ask you guys: What's your understanding of Judge Smale's role at this country club? Oh, I was where so he has confused. A huge office. I assumed he was like <laughs> president of the country club, but I think there's. The 
a president of the country club shows up at one point, right? And he does, yeah. And Smales does not own the country club. No, he doesn't. Seems own it. seems established. He is a member of this country club. He is just a member of the country club. I have no clue. They did not because for a while it was like, oh, he must be like the president. But then the president does show up, right? Am I crazy? Yeah, because he's the one that like is letting Al be there because Al might be buying the country club. I guess. I maybe think that I don't was know. A plot. I think so. Yeah, there's like a guy I'm picturing that's kind of like a taller kind of guy biggerish guy it, it was like midway through the movie after al's already been there a bunch and yeah. like they were about to kick him out but it just there was no i don't know now al's company anyway. is the one that the judge yes. wanted to slam with the injunction right yeah. yes it was because it was making groundhogs come to the country club which yes they don't really establish do that, that other than the fact that no. it had his name his last name on the thing and his last name was i forget what it was but it was unique. well this is the kind of movie that trusts like its that. audience that it doesn't have to hold its hand to pick up on something like that Yes. <laughs> That's probably what happened there. Um, well, Al's certainly going to get a good deal on this blown up country club at the end of the movie. <laughs> she did half the work of the construction for him. Yeah, the country club blows up in the end and Bill Murray just kind of scurries away. And that, and then Danny throws his arms up and the movie just fucking ends. Is not established where he got like 200 pounds of C4 from. <laughs> He also for had like grounds, a fucking for gun, like a rifle too at one point that he was hunting. When he's looking for... Uh, go for poontang oh i forgot he that too. looking through like, the sights of that rifle yes varmint poontang is what he said i was like what the hell is going on why even say that phrase come on man <laughs> yeah like what was he thinking do you think he was actually in vietnam because he doesn't mention he was in vietnam at one point oh maybe this is this is what they're saying to uh this, this is ptsd in this movie or something I got nothing. Well, they don't hold your hand. <laughs> they don't hold your hand. That's up to you to decide. Um, yeah. I my Growing up, my dad did like to quote when the Scottish guy tells him to go out on the course and kill all the golfers. And he's like, I don't think they'll lock me away and throw away the key. <laughs> that, yeah. Oh, we that should do the same funny. thing to the gophers. <laughs> yeah. That part was Not my fault. I understand you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um i, I did have I a point forgot, I was like the fuck. scottish guy was even in there like he's another guy because right, like, he's in like two scenes and then they're both in the first 25 minutes of the move and you're like i guess this guy's gonna come back and have some scenes with bill murray he's like no he's gone yeah he does bill murray does back. almost all of his scenes alone yeah i guess like scottish guy because it's a movie about golf okay there yep. we go got him in there i uh <laughs> movie about golf I remembered what I was going to say. So um, the end of the whole groundhog plot line, as you mentioned, ends with the golf course exploding. They, if you notice, it doesn't show it for too long, but there's a few frames you can see there. They built a hill on top of the actual golf course where they were filming this and they blew up the fake hill mm -hmm. and the fake hill is like a little bit different color green than the rest of the grass around it. So you can kind of tell, um, but it was a much bigger explosion than intended, apparently. Oh, jeez. And it did kind of fuck up the golf course, I guess. I was going to say that like must have been the most expensive shot in the movie was like blowing up this golf course. And I was like, was this important? Because this just is like the culmination of like Bill Murray's character's like plot. But his whole plot could have been removed from the movie. And you probably wouldn't have noticed other than that. Like I said, it rolls well, the ball in. Yeah, it rolls the ball in. Right. Yeah. That's the only time that his plot dovetails with any other plot line in the movie. Yep, that's even, it. Even the gopher, like it's barely there. It messes up the golf course no, a it, little bit. Yeah. And then that's it. 
and it's like the icon of this movie and it is not in this movie certainly the image that is in public consciousness almost the most maybe the most out of anything in this movie yeah, it definitely reminds me of like being little and watching the Pink Panther and being like pretty upset that there isn't like a, a cartoon Pink Panther starring in that film. It's just Peter Sellers. There's a Caddyshack too, right? Like they only made Chevy Chase returns. Piece? It's like '88, I want to say. Okay. Uh, only Chevy Chase returns, and it is widely considered one of the worst sequels ever made. <laughs> nice. How could they do so poorly with such good source material? <laughs> Yeah, and all, so, of all the characters that you're like, oh, I wonder what happened to them. It's like, mm, we got to get Chevy Chase back for this. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am dunking on this movie a lot. It, like, it wasn't that awful. Like, it, it was the pacing was a mess, and the editing was an absolute mess. But like, it was like good enough. Like I said, I didn't laugh a lot, but I don't know. I wouldn't say like. It was excruciating to get through or anything like that. I feel like there's movies where I just want to turn them off. Mm. And this wasn't one of them. No, I just, uh, for it to be a movie that has been talked about so much and is in the zeitgeist so much, I was expecting it to be a good movie at least. (laughs) But like for it to just be a movie that I guess I didn't want to turn off is like very much missing the bar. (laughs) So we should talk a little bit about why we picked this movie. It's sports month. The Masters are this weekend, so I was like, yeah, maybe we'll do something golf-related. And um, when the Masters... we seen Happy Gilmore, so yeah, here we and, are. And you'd already seen Happy Gilmore. So, <laughs> ostensibly, this is the exact kind of movie that this podcast is designed to talk about, because it's a huge movie that a lot of people our age haven't seen before. Um, just, you don't need to. <laughs> and it's such like a bizarre cultural artifact that I find the context around it a lot more interesting then a lot of the movie itself, I, I think I liked it more than you guys did, but... I'd watch the hell out of a documentary on the making of this movie. <laughs> You're in luck. There's a Netflix film that came out, I think, in 2018 <laughs> called A Feudal and Stupid Gesture about Doug Kenny, one of the people I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, who was one of the founders of the National Lampoon um, at Harvard and was involved in all of their movies until this one came out. Um so sometimes it attributes the bad reception this movie got to his like depression, but he was like a depressed guy anyway. Uh, really good friends with Chevy Chase. So he's depressed. Chevy Chase flies him out to Hawaii to stay there. He stays there with him for a little bit, but then Chevy Chase has to go back to work on the mainland. So uh, his, his girlfriend comes out to keep him company. She has to go back to work too. While um, he's by himself, he goes for a walk. Falls off a cliff and dies at the age of 33. Oh, shit. So that's one of the guys who, you know, wrote this. One of the main creative forces of Animal House. Um, the guy who founded National Lampoon with his friend. And um, yeah, so that that uh, that documentary is pretty weird, but pretty funny. It's a bunch of people playing all these famous people. Joel McHale plays Chevy Chase in it. Um, which, of course, has the added meta layer of Joel McHale was opposite Chevy Chase and community, whatever. Mm. Pretty good movie. That's just on Netflix. It's a Netflix made one. So it'll always be there. If you ever want to check it out. Nice. I think it's pretty short. I, I enjoyed it. Will Arnett stars in it. Not Will Arnett. Will Forte stars in it as uh, Doug Kenny, an interesting person who seemed really sad. Um, according to his friends as well, was a pretty sad and uh, given to depression guy. Um, 
it's unclear. It was ruled an accidental death by Hawaiian authorities. Um, Harold Ramis at the time said that he slipped while looking for a better place to jump. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, man. <Ooh>. That's... <laughs> Dark humor at its finest. And that's that's like the tone that I think that's like the line the movie ends on. <laughs> so um Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Pretty brutal. <laughs> uh anyway. Um so, yeah, that, yeah. that's pretty that's a pretty dark place to end, but I All think right, that's Let's like I said, up, guys. important context <laughs> for me and my thinking about this movie. The section of the movie about the making of Caddyshack is a montage of everyone taking cocaine. And not not kidding. It's a montage of everyone taking cocaine. It's clear that that is what happened here. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, <laughs> you said critics weren't a big fan of this when it came out. Correct. But what about the audiences? It, like, Because I feel like I've heard about this movie for so long, and the way people talk about it, it sounds like it's like this classic... So it's kind of... It's one of those movies that like I guess you'd consider sort of like a cult favorite at the time, that just over time that gets sort of... The, the audience was blended all out, on you know. Too. Well, that, that too. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes the takes the big five of the Oscars that year, right? Yeah, this one we don't need to do as big a segment on the Oscars about. <laughs> um, we kind of touched on this, but it's all people doing their own bits, and they're not compatible styles of comedy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. There's there's slapstick. There's Chevy Chase doing deadpan. Mm-hmm. Whatever Bill Murray is doing. Whatever Rodney Dangerfield's doing. The way you mentioned it explains it best to me. It's like these are a bunch of little separate skits that were made. Yes. And they were not really designed to make sure they fit together. And you said they had hours and hours of footage. So I bet you there's just they just kept doing different skits and then they were just like stick these ones together. And it's a bunch of comedy guys improving it. So there goes all your plot now. Uh, Harold Ramis does not like this movie. I mean, he's, he's passed now, but, um, he thought that it was a missed opportunity and they made a ton, a ton too many compromises. He's was saying that I think at the time he was saying that is like not long before he died either. So he never, you know, people who make like really successful movies, they'll just sort of play into it over time. But I guess he made so many that he didn't need to do that. So throughout his life, he was like, yeah, I know it was my directorial debut. I wish I would have done a million things differently. I think it's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, this was his his first movie as a director, though? Yeah. Oh, okay. Give him a little leeway on that, though. Yeah, I think it just got completely away from him because yeah, it was just like, like, it's there was people who, you know, that were the most famous people in comedy and movies at the time that were just like, no, I'm going to keep going for another 40 minutes. Well, I yeah, I was going to say, I feel like you, <laughs> you made a, I understand why you'd make a decision like that, but like, taking your no-name person who you plan on having the whole plot and then surrounding them with like five people who are like the biggest name of the time and you're hoping that like the movie's going to stay about this other guy. Uh, that's, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. I was, I think, <laughs> and I can, I can see it. I know I've dunked on the movie a lot, but I understand that the comedy that was being done was the big comedy at the time. And I can see to some extent why the audiences would have enjoyed it because it was just, you know, three different standups crammed into a movie and they got like a collage of the jokes. They probably, they probably repeated jokes that we just couldn't pick up on because we're not a part of that cultural context. The movie's called Caddyshack. How many scenes would you reckon take place at the Caddyshack? Maybe two. Yep. 
<laughs> guess. Yeah, probably about two. I think yeah. it's about two. It's two. So you can see what the movie was supposed to be about and what it's called. And, and, and one is like the second scene in the movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I didn't, I didn't think about it. The caddies all have a spot they hang out. It's the caddy yeah, shack. The caddy okay, shack. cool. It's yeah. their like commissary. Yeah. And then it might have came back one more time. I think it did. And yeah, was- the scene where like Maggie and him confront each other is in the locker room there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which but he it just doesn't come there out. that night. But they don't explain why, as if like he is like the judge is less likely to find him at the golf course than at his house. There's not enough beds in his house anyway. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> they never go back. You never see his house again. It's in the opening scene with his family, with, with like parent, parents there, with his parents. Yep. yep, fifteen siblings. They never mention that ever again. Apparently, the, only one bathroom. I don't think the parents have other lines, but they are in the scene where he wins the. They're, they build up like, oh, you got to win the caddy competition. And then it's like a 30 second long scene. They're like, he won. And his parents are there like, yeah, money. Yes, I do remember his parents. Being but that, of course, like, is where doing here? the other caddies are yelling Noonan at him while he's trying to putt, which is a thing still. Did you did you notice the prizes for second and third on the caddy competition? It was a bag of teas and a pair of socks. I knew there was the prize. The number one prize was stupid, too. It was just the trophy, I thought. Yeah, because uh, the scholarship wasn't for winning the caddy tournament. No. So all three prizes, I remember looking at them like, oh, this is more dunking, like the Richfield dunking on the floor. The judge was just in charge of the scholarship for some reason. That was never explained. <laughs> yes. He just got to pick. And wait, what happened to the first person who won it? He, he died. Killed, he, he died. He died, yeah. <laughs> did, they don't, did they say how he died? Or did he, he just died, right? He died. He just died. He's like, did you hear that the scholarship's open again? And he's like, yes, I did. <laughs> he died. <laughs> I knew he died. I just don't remember like, if they were more explicit about it. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's called Caddyshack. Uh, the poster doesn't have any caddies on it. <laughs> Does it have the Caddyshack on it? No, I think it has the, I think it has the, the club, like the clubhouse. Oh, okay. Is there like yeah. a gopher sticking out in front of it too? Uh, so not really. It's just like the four... Main older guys, Ted Knight, then Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, and it has like the, the the actual country club itself behind it. I just cannot believe how much this movie is attributed to that gopher. <laughs> yep. So we're going to play a game to finish off here where I'm going to give you two different short descriptions of a scene that happens in this movie. And you have to tell me which one of them comes earlier in the movie's runtime. It's called... Um, Cat, caddy swapped. Shacked. Caddy shacked. <laughs> it's called Caddy Shack, but it's spelled like sh- like S H A Q. Yeah, right. Let's see if we can dunk Cause it's a Because there's a question involved. Yes. The Q's capitalized. Perfect. <laughs> so. And we watched this movie less than 24 hours ago. Well, I did. Yep. No, I watched it oh, exactly 24 hours ago. Oh, nice. So what scene comes first? Bill Murray trying to flood the Gophers' tunnels or the 4th of July gala? Oh. It was a 4th of July gala? <laughs> That's when Danny buses, I think. Okay, okay, okay. He Don't help each other. <laughs> I'm going to say that he tries to flood the golf course first. I'm going to say second. Greg gets the points. Damn it. Oh. 
Greg's one under par. So yeah, keep score. That was 50% odds. I guess you're one over par because you got it wrong. Oh, so Greg's no. ahead by two. <laughs> oh, golf scoring so weird. I should have not answered. Yep. That was a 4th of July gala. Apparently. Oh, Rodney Dangerfield outfit makes sense now. Was he wearing a flag? He was wearing a lot of colors. <laughs> They don't mention it's the 4th of July. They definitely don't mention that. There was no fireworks. There was no fireworks. Wait, were there? No, there wasn't, I don't think. Uh, what happens first? Uh, the judge tries to kill Danny while Danny's in his underpants and Danny has to run out of the house. Or uh, Bill Murray caddies for the priest and the priest gets struck by lightning. The house. The priest. And we're all even. No! <laughs> we're all on par. <laughs> it's back to zero to zero. Um, so what happens par. first? Bill Murray golfs the chrysanthemums, says it's in the hole. And, or or um, Maggie tells Danny that she's late. I think Maggie tells Danny she's late first. Late not... Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, the late first. No. Oh, <laughs> You're it. both one over par. <laughs> I was kind of confident that time, too. Yeah, so you've I, both gotten more wrong than right in the I, movie you watched yesterday. I thought you were going to, you said you were going to say, like, she says she's not pregnant. And that I was going to definitely say. I know. Pregnant. That's why I made it tricky. Oh. What happens first? The scene where Chevy Chase and Bill Murray are in Bill Murray's house slash barn. Or Maggie tells Danny she's not pregnant. I think Maggie tells Danny she's not pregnant before we see Ty with Bill Murray. I'm going to say after. And Greg takes the lead again. Yes. He's up by two. <laughs> Birdie? <laughs> yeah, you're one under par. Um, uh, Bill Murray eats the candy bar that he finds in the pool. Or... Um, that lady goes to Chevy Chase's house. Lady goes to Chevy Chase's house. Yeah, lady goes to Chevy Chase's house. You're both wrong. <laughs> oh, I would have I was so confident. You were really confident. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's way early in the movie and the pool scene's way late. No, nope. 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 <laughs> it's so hard. Uh so what happens first? The second time that Bill Murray is being pervy and skeevy about a group of older women. Or Danny wins the caddy competition. Danny wins the caddy competition. I'm going to go uh, Bill Murray. Uh, I think you're even now. <laughs> Whatever happened, happened. You're right. Okay. Robbie's right. Oh, I, I think was, you're both back to both, even. I was so confident again, too. I was like, he's pervy the second time, way late in the movie. <laughs> nope. It happens pretty early. Oh, I think we're both uh, one over. Is what happened because we both got one wrong. Oh again. yeah, yeah. But still, we're, we're tied. We're tied. <laughs> both one over par. Both one over. Okay. <laughs> um, this is fun. <laughs> you guys are mostly getting these wrong, <laughs> and some of these aren't close together. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing like adjacent scenes. I didn't think you were. <laughs> yeah, let's get you guys back on the horse. Uh, what happens first? Rodney Dangerfield gets to the country club for the first time, 
or Bill Murray gives a long monologue while holding a real pitchfork to a child's throat. Child's throat. No, Rodney Dangerfield shows up. Child's throat. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't the know how the old actor is, but I'm pretty sure these are like, these are kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pressing in pretty tight some of the top uh, Yeah, one of the IMDb trivia things. That kid was legit nervous because it was a real pitchfork. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happens first? Bill Murray um, is doing that thing where he's like using the ball washer. Mm-hmm. Or Chevy Chase tells Danny to be the ball. Be the ball. I think the ball washer. It's be the ball. Oh, I think be the ball is like the one of the first scenes in the movie, right? Yeah, pretty early. <laughs> I think it's the first scene in the golf course because obviously you have all the home business that's very important to yes. set up <laughs> at the beginning. Yes. All the di- all the family dynamics and the multiple siblings. Weird Cheerios. That he are. shows up to the table with a bowl of Cheerios, but the box is on the table. That one threw me through a loop. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. I didn't even notice. <laughs> Did you guys tie? No, Robbie crushed me. Robbie Dude. won. Nice. I think that Did puts get, me at negative one. You're maybe? one under par. I think Greg's one over par. Something like that. Maybe two over par. Two over par. Wow. Then I'm probably just at, crushed Oh him. no, because of the way golf works. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Harold Ramis and Bill Murray obviously work together again. And then after Groundhog Day, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis do not ever work together again. Because Bill Murray's mad at him or something. Interesting. I don't think I've ever seen Groundhog Day. Like, not the whole thing. It's I've too late. We already did it. Parts yeah, of it. I know. I know. Maybe just... we'll do it again and pretend that... <laughs> we didn't do it? We didn't do it yet. That would be But one of us will know and be, like, really weird about it. Nice. And then get really good at piano by the end of the episode. I don't know if you did trivia on the episode, but isn't like actually didn't somebody calculate it's like uh, ten thousand years? That yeah, yeah, we for? we worked it out. It was it's yeah, it's a ton, it's a ton of years. Um, and so and just so this podcast doesn't also go on for ten thousand years. Any final thoughts? What score would you give it? Three, <laughs> three like over par. Oh, like three out of ten. <laughs> oh wow, that's pretty bad. Maybe yeah. maybe a four. Over par? I was going to say... I'm trying to force this system of scoring on you guys. See, I want to say something related to par, but I don't know where par falls. I'd probably put it at like a 4 out of 10. Par is average. Par is average and one under par. One under par. Under under. Oh, we know. One over par. Okay. Crap, I'm not good at golf. I'm generally... Okay, so just a little under average for you. Yeah. I don't know. I had a good time. It's it's, it's tough. It's like one of those things where... That's what a 4 is especially if it's four over par that's pretty bad yeah that's like a it's not like one it's not like horrible you're probably gonna miss the cut though we gotta talk a little bit about sports i guess yeah um so i yeah i'd give it around a par maybe one under par but it's it's really tough i kept thinking about i don't know if you guys watched 30 rock but there's um the episode that carrie fisher guests guests on let's say she plays like an old hippie that used to work on this really influential sketch comedy show in the 70s like in universe not a real one that was this hugely important thing to like tina fey's character growing up and so she's like this legendary comedy writer and she comes in and uh, there's like a running joke where it shows stuff from that show and it makes no sense at all it's just like a bunch of absolute nonsense because 
if you weren't there at the time, then political comedy just doesn't make any sense at all. It's like watching right. political comedy from a different country, right? That mm-hmm. you don't know the references to. And this felt like that, but it wasn't political. <laughs> it was just a weird comedy yes. that I don't necessarily have in my vocabulary all the time. Um, but I still I still liked it. It wasn't completely a foreign language to me. But yeah, I am. You could just see it's just messy. Yes, I was, I was a little curious if it was just like, I'm not the right target or what, but... Yeah, didn't... There should be something in there for you. They're throwing a lot of things at the wall. Yeah. I mean, like I said, a couple of times there was parts that landed, but overall, like, yeah, probably the worst movie I've seen in a while. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> you haven't watched watch anything since your been Oscars binge, right? In, in the last, like, year, I've been watching mostly, like, pretty pretty solid movies, though. Keep in mind, I immediately watched The Bubble after this, and I was like, this is a good movie. So <laughs> okay. that's probably part of why I loved it so much. <laughs> Um, I started I haven't finished yet but I started watching Army of Darkness after this to finish my three Evil Dead movies oh nice um, so I can listen to the newest episode of that podcast I like I did start watching Community today and I'm glad you mentioned Chevy I was looking at the old guy I'm like that's gotta be Chevy Chase right that is Chevy Chase and Joel McHale is playing a Chevy Chase type from around when this movie was is, made. Is he the main lawyer guy in Community? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Any final thoughts on Caddyshack? We pretty much said it all, right? No thoughts. Yeah. Head empty. Head empty. Um, Things to look out for. Yeah, go see everything everywhere all at once. It should be in theaters right now. You keep telling issue. me to do that. How can... I've already made That's that joke. That's too Thanks. <laughs> I made that joke on the last yeah, podcast, he made that joke too. It's a good joke. <laughs> There's a lot of really, really interesting movies coming out in the near future that I'm very excited about. A lot of, like, maximalist cinema happening. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Obviously, just by the name, you can tell it. There's jamming a lot in there. Um, the Unbearable Way to Massive Talent, the Nick Cage, Pedro Pascal movie, that comes out pretty soon. It's been rated pretty well so far from what I've yes. seen. Yes, it has. Um for some reason, if you uh, claim to own AMC stock in certain theaters, there is a showing in a couple days, about a week and a half early. Um, and then what I am most excited for is towards the end of the month is the new Robert Eggers film, The Northman. Uh, it's only his third movie. He made The Vitch. It's witch, but it's two Vs. Um, and then The Lighthouse. And now he's making this one called The Northman, starring Alexander Skarsgård. Anya Taylor-Joy is in it. Bjork has a small role, so we're all excited about that. Oh, good, yeah. But um, so I, I, it's just really, really exciting because Eggers went from making those two small, one horror, one just weird, pretty small movies, The Lighthouse, essentially just two guys in a room. Um, and now someone gave him like almost $100 million to make an epic about a Viking looking for revenge. Oh, loosely seemingly loosely using a hamlet frame so interesting hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're yes. all excited just oh excited. hamlet not Macbeth. okay never mind it's like didn't we just do that but no good cool. hamlet <laughs> good shit happening hamlet too if you haven't seen that with steve coogan it's from about 2005 i want to say 2006 i'll pass on that one thank you good though. movie it's that has the it. song Rock Me Sexy Jesus. It's Remember the trailers it. for that? Not to nope. be for me. <laughs> good movie. Underrated. I'm going to cut all of this out. I'm just trying to think of a good ending, so I'm vamping. Four. You, you, you don't need a good ending. Just randomly transition to something else. <laughs> I completely forgot to plug like any of our shit at the end of the last episode, so I'll do that. Randomly transition to that. <laughs> You can find us on Instagram at late to the movies underscore pod. That's the number two, not two spelled out. 
That's the same basic email address, late to the movies at gmail.com. What else? You can buy Greg's face on a t-shirt at our T Public store. Just get on T Public, search late to the movies. It'll pop right up. He's smiling on it. Thanks for listening. Uh, Robbie, thanks for being here. Greg, thanks for being here. Anytime. See you. We'll do one you guys like more next time, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. I, I like watching a shitty movie right now. I think yeah. it's good. If this, the first two movies we've done in sports month are maybe the, the two least exemplary of a sports movie options I could have picked. So I'm pretty excited about it's that. We did Moneyball and I was like, I like this because it had the perfect amount of baseball in it. And then goes, not a lot of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and again, this has very little sports in it, I would say. You do the blind side. There's not a lot of football yeah, in there. Not a lot of football in that. <laughs> not a lot of football in that. Okay, that's uh, that's. I would just want to actually mention that through the run of the podcast, and now we can uh, let this episode die in peace. Rain review is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Don't be as harsh as that. Podchaser. <laughs> uh, what else? Who else has podcasts? What else? What else? No respect. <laughs> Had to get it in there.